You're listening to the Before Midnight Podcast with your host, Felicia and Jessica. Grab your Bible and a cup of something warm. We're going to chat about making the most of the magically transformed lives we've been given. Welcome back to the podcast. We are here doing another spooky episode for October. And today we are talking about surviving past relationships. And in honor of October and spooky season, I wanted to compare this to something that I think is actually a really good comparison, but it's something that I personally hate very, very much. And that is zombies. (laughs) I've always hated them. I don't know about you, but yeah, I definitely like, and it's something that I don't feel is very scary. But then when I actually try to watch something like, what's that show? Um, the Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. Like when I, <laughs> I, I don't watch scary. So like first off, I'm already scared of a lot of things. But zombies are scarier than I feel like people give them credit They're scary. For. And I just, yeah. I don't know. I've never really enjoyed them. There's like some things that I've watched that I've kind of liked, but when it gets super into the world of zombies, I just don't really enjoy it. But when it comes to surviving your past relationships, I really felt like there wasn't a better example out there. And we talked, I think last week about graveyards and dealing with difficult people. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I think pop out of our graveyard as well as other people's graveyard of their hearts is these past relationships, these dead relationships that still seem to haunt us. Mm -hmm. And so what I want to do is read you the definition of the word zombie as a noun. And this is what it says according to dictionary.com. An undead creature with a reanimated human body typically depicted in science fiction or horror stories as contagious to the living by bite and vulnerable only to serious head trauma. And when I read that, I thought this is a really good comparison to what our past relationships do to us because too often we'll have like past relationships, whether it's romantic relationships or friendships um, or maybe even sometimes, you know, different family relationships Mm -hmm. that can kind of end but we move forward in our lives and they still seem to haunt us they're still there they're dead because they no longer are a part of our life Mm -hmm. yet there's something about them that still tries to kind of linger and I really like how it's it's dead it's a non-issue right like this relationship is no longer a part of your life um but its bite is contagious And I really like that because how does a zombie bite us in the realm of relationships? And I feel like that's our thoughts. Yeah. Right? Like the enemy will try and come and say, look, you know, every guy leaves you because there's something about you that once they find it, they don't want to be with you anymore. Or maybe you have a bad relationship with your parents and you feel like you're never going to be worthy of love. Or maybe you had a friend leave you and decide they didn't want to be your friend anymore. And so you think there's something wrong with you and this is the way your life is always going to be. It's like those thoughts try and come and haunt us and keep those dead relationships alive in a way that causes us to kind of decay in this area. Yeah, and I love that the definition says that it dies from serious head trauma because it's coming against our thoughts. And so it's like we have to attack the thoughts (laughs) of it, you know? But when I was thinking about this topic, I was like, you know, I really haven't had that many serious relationships with guys specifically, you know? So I was like, well, you know, what, what has really scarred me as far as relationships go? 
And I realized that for me, it was actually like friendships that kind of went sour and stuff like that more so than guys. And I realized that a lot of the stuff I struggled with actually led me to have like a serious fear of rejection, which a lot of people are afraid of rejection. No one likes it, right? Yeah. But um, I just had a lot of situations growing up and one of them specifically was um, like one time, this is this was like when we were all like really young, sixth or seventh grade. So, but I had a friend who like texted me, was like, hey, these two girls just said you're really annoying. And they were like two of my closest friends at the time. Oh my goodness. And like, it's not something that I feel like actually bothers me, but I think it left a little bit of a scar in my life of like, I am not going to put myself out there anymore mm. because if I do, you know, I'd rather someone else choose to put themselves out there towards me instead of me like, you know, trying to become friends with someone else. And this is kind of like creeped into different areas of my life, like even work, you know, like not wanting to do a job interview, like being terrified of being rejected. And so I don't want to make it a counseling session, <laughs> but... My point is, is that really like little things from our past and even things that happen to us that seem insignificant when you're, you know, at sixth grade or something can leave scars in yeah. our life. Absolutely. We were talking about this and yes. that same thing kind of <laughs> happened to me. Like I had a friend and then I ended up having like making a new friend and then those two friends decided one day they were friends and I was not a part of that group. <laughs> that happened to me too. <laughs> and I'm just like. We were like, this happened to us? Like, what? Yeah. I don't even know how I processed it at the time. I don't think I thought anything of it too much at the time. I thought, oh, well, that's, you know, school, but... It devastated. You are more mature than well, me. Well, I did end up making another friend, you Good. know, that year who kind of became very close to me. So I think Good. that helps. Yes. But then you realize in your adult life, like, oh, why do I have a hard time putting myself out there? And then you look back and you realize that these dead relationships kind of left a lingering presence. And mm -hmm. I really love the definition of zombie as an adjective. I thought it was really interesting. I'm not even sure how you would use that in a sentence, but um, <laughs> a zombie like relationship. A zombie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> your zombie attitude. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, this is the definition of zombie as an adjective of or relating to something that was declared, concluded, finished, or dead but surprisingly continues to linger or come back in a different version. And what you said made me think of that. Like, oh, when I go for a job interview, I'm terrified of rejection. You're yes. like, where does that come from? It's coming back in a different version. It's those old thoughts that we would think about ourselves. But um, it's, it's almost like we create vows, mm -hmm. right? Without mm -hmm. realizing it, especially when we're younger, especially I think when we're teenagers, we don't really understand we're doing it. I don't think I understood mm -hmm. a lot of the vows I was making when I was growing up. But I think a lot of times when we deal with these difficult people, these relationships that die um, or people who leave your life or leave you feeling a little scarred, we start to protect ourselves by by vowing something. Yeah, you know? like I'm not going to put myself out there again. Right. If someone wants to be my friend, they'll come to me. Kind they'll of come thing. to me. Yeah. And, and I've kind of always been like that. Like, oh, well, I'm not going to force a conversation a friendship. about this one time where we were like, well, we're both not the initiator, but yeah. you know, it how works are we out. friends? It works I don't out. even know. <laughs> I don't know how we're friends. If that's the case, it's a miracle. It's, it's, a, it's a miracle. miracle. It's for this podcast that we are here today. <laughs> But it's true. I know for me, um, 
I think, you know, some of those friendship things that we talked about um, kind of formed some vows, but especially the guys I dated, in every relationship I was in, I kind of would start to take on this personality that I thought he wanted. Mm -hmm. And so whenever he would dump me, I felt like, okay, well, he didn't really get to know the real me. And so every time I was in a relationship, I think all but one, I was dumped <laughs> like several times. And so I feel like I started making vows based on that of, okay, whenever a guy dates me, they eventually find something in me that says I need to leave, right? Like this isn't what I want. And so I just felt like, and they were all very different guys too. It wasn't like I dated the same kind of guy. Mm. And so it just kind of almost taught me in a way, in a negative way, that there's something in me that will cause every guy to leave. And that's why it was really hard for me to trust Jeff at first because I thought, okay, you like me now. You think you like me now. But if we start dating, you're going to get to that place too. You're going to find out the real me and realize I don't want this and then that's going to ruin our friendship. And of course... You know, that's how we think because we yeah. think we can just stay friends forever. But yeah. but I realized I started making some of these vows. And yeah, we, we have to recognize those. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And like for me, you know, I was talking about rejection. But it could be your self-image, you know. Like let's say you dated somebody that was really hard on what you looked like or even your personality. And so that leaves a scar of like a self-image issue. Or it could be, you know performance-based mindset where like it was a family member who was really hard on you growing up. So now you feel like you have to perform for people. And so there's so many different things that we pick up from people around us. It's like nature versus nurture, you know, mm. I think it's a balance. Like I think there's a lot of natural things in our relationships that can really scar us, you know? And, and so the question is, how do you heal from that? Right. And I, I think one of the first steps in it is even if it wasn't something that ended really negatively, um, or even if it's something that happened 15 years ago, I think one thing to think about is like, is there any bitterness or offense in my heart towards that person? You know, like mm -hmm. when you talk about that person now and the situation that might've happened in that relationship, do you still feel like there's some lingering bitterness in your heart? And, um, I've talked to people before that are like, well, you know, Jesus forgave, but like, I'm, you know, I'm not expected to forgive to that extent, right? It's like, you know, we, we can't be exactly like Jesus, but mm. the thing is Jesus lives inside of us now. So through him, we do have the strength to forgive all of the situations that have happened with people that, you know, we don't have to talk to them again. Like a lot of people in my life, I don't talk to them. I don't know where they're, where, mm -hmm. where they're at, you know, but you yeah. can still just try to let go of any offense in your heart that you've built up over things that have happened in the past or, you know, bitterness. And so, yeah. It's really, like you said, those relationships are not actually there anymore. They're dead. Mm -hmm. So when we don't forgive and we don't release them, we're kind of giving these thoughts access to kind of haunt us in a way and, yeah. and haunt our minds. And then we're the ones having to deal with all of mm -hmm. this, you know, decay because that's what it brings. You know, I, there's a scripture that says bitterness is as a rotting in your bones. Mm. And I think when we harbor that and we hold on to it and we choose it, for our lives, then that's when decay starts to happen in our hearts and our souls and even in our bodies a lot of times. 
And so when we're dealing with this like unforgiveness and bitterness towards people, if it's yeah. a dead relationship that ended badly, remembering that this is really for our benefit to release that. Otherwise, we're just allowing these zombies just to come haunt us. <laughs> exactly, yeah. In Ephesians 6.12, it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil spiritual forces in the heavens. And I read that to share that, like we've been saying, really there's something going on in the spiritual realm that we yes. really have to be aware of. Because so often these thoughts, right, that are coming against us about our past relationships, they're just there to distract us. It's not about the person. It's not even about the relationship. It's about getting you distracted with bitterness, unforgiveness, or just consuming your mind with how you were wronged, with what could have gone well, what could have gone better, mm -hmm. um, and to convince you to start making some of those vows like we talked about. And just like you said about kind of like steps to bring freedom from some of these past relationships, I think one is to definitely release those vows that we've made. And a lot of times we may not even realize that we've done that, but going to God and just saying, God, you show me what vows I have made based on this relationship. You know, maybe even start looking at ways in which you feel um, very emotional about things when you get really fearful, when you get really insecure, when yeah. you get really upset. Sometimes for me, that's kind of like a trigger, almost in a sense of like, okay, what's going on? Like sometimes so someone will bring someone up and I just instantly am like, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. You know, mm -hmm. it's just almost like a reaction. Mm -hmm. And when that happens, it's kind of a warning sign to me of, okay, there might be something going on there that yeah. we need to address, you know? And so kind of looking for some of those emotional responses that we have and then going, okay, where's, where is that coming from God? And, mm -hmm. and what decisions have I made about myself based on that and starting to give those to God and trust him with them? Yeah. Talking about forgiveness, there's a scene in the live action Cinderella at the end that I love so much. And what's the name of the actress? Okay, so when you say live action Cinderella, which one are we talking about? Yeah, because that's what I'm like. Are you talking about the Disney one? Like with the one with the girl from Lily James. Lily James. Okay. I love her okay. So much. Yes. <laughs> so, but at the end, it like was always, I feel like it's brought me to tears before. When like the her stepmother had been so evil to her the whole movie and like has locked her away, you know, the serious things that this woman's done to her. And at the end she turns around and she says, I forgive you. And it like the woman crumbles, you know, because it's just such a powerful thing to be able to release that forgiveness to somebody even when they know that they've been doing you wrong over and over and over again. And it can really be a testimony to that person of like the character that's in us and like Jesus working through us, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. She goes off and she's got her life and exactly. that doesn't have to be a part of her life anymore. Mm -hmm. But if she chose it, she could allow that to haunt her. And we all have that same choice with our yeah. past relationships. And also not just with our past relationships, but I think especially in the realm of romantic relationships, it's not just our past relationships that can haunt us, but it's our husband's past relationships. That's something that I also <laughs> had to realize that oh, yeah. I was, you know, allowing to haunt my thoughts was 
you know, not just thinking about vows I've made about myself from my past boyfriends, but girls that Jeff has dated. And I mean, he really didn't date that many girls. There's really nothing to be that concerned about. But the enemy doesn't care what it is. He just wants you distracted and he wants you fearful. Mm-hmm. And so I had to realize that, you know, it may not be your past relationships that are haunting you. It may be your spouse's past relationships, whatever's taking up space in your mind that's causing you negative emotions like fear and insecurity and stress. Those are things that are haunting us and we are the only ones who can stop it. Like Cinderella, turn around and forgive and then walk into the life that God has for us. Yeah. And like you said with Jeff, like he probably hasn't been in many relationships. And a few, a few. few. (laughs) Brian hasn't really been in any like long-term relationships either. It was kind of similar to me, honestly. We were kind of in the same place when we met each other. But still, no relationships, just people that he's liked. I was so insecure oh, about that. Oh, it does not matter if they <laughs> even dated. That's if he a, liked her, that's it's That's our hard. fifth lesson in what, what we wish we knew before getting married. That yes. even if they didn't date people, we'd still be jealous. We'd still be jealous <laughs> that they liked another girl. Yeah, and you know, I did want to kind of like give practical advice to this in its own because that was something I struggle with seriously and it brought a lot of negative um, emotions into marriage and unnecessary, you know, arguments. Mm-hmm. And Brian, the main thing is Brian feeling like I didn't trust him when he said, I love you. Like right. that's a, a past thing, you know, and you really have to learn to be like, either I'm going to dwell over this and let the enemy like mess with my mind and feel insecure, or I'm going to just choose to trust my husband or my wife when they say mm-hmm. like, I love you, you know, that was something in the past. And something that's kind of just a silly thing, but it's true, is that we all liked people before we met our husbands. Exactly. (laughs) I had lots of crushes and guys I liked, you know? It's so normal. Like, and you think about it that way. It's like, oh yeah, I had feelings for people before I met my husband. And those feelings are obviously gone. So you, you have to... And I love that quote from Pam in the office when she's like, sometimes our heart doesn't know what it wants until it finds what it wants, you know? That's so beautiful. It's like like our our spouse, they were searching for the right person before they met us. And then they chose to stay with us and to choose us, you know? So I'm just getting into like a romantic thing here. But I, yeah. It's beautiful. (laughs) It's very romantic. (laughs) So another tip when we're talking about how to actually break free from some of these past relationships and those thoughts that are haunting us is to build a history with God. And I think when we do this, we release the pressure of other people and other relationships to fulfill us because our security is not in what other people think about us, but our security is in our relationship with God. And that's why I think, especially before you're married, but even after you're married, to really have adventures with God, to have things that are between you and God and not a shared experience with your husband, even though those are also really important and really great. One thing I'm really grateful for is that Before I got married to Jeff, I ended up moving to St. Petersburg, Russia on my own to work with some people that I knew there. And I lived there for six months and they were some of the loneliest six months of my life. Let me tell you, all you have to do is cross over into a country where no one speaks English and you quickly realize that being an introvert doesn't mean I don't really want to be around people. I do. (laughs) And so I grew so 
close to God during that time though. And even though it was hard at times and I missed my family and my friends and I watched a lot of movies on iTunes, I really grew very close to God. And even now today in my marriage, if things aren't going well or or if there's just a lot of stress or maybe we're feeling off, I don't necessarily fall apart. If I give into my emotions, I do, <laughs> and that does happen. Mm, yeah, but a lot of times I can look back and see the faithfulness of God in my life and go, you know what? I've got a friend who's so much closer to me than even Jeff is sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I can think about the things that God has brought me through and the places he's taken me and the way that he sees me. And even sometimes I think after you get married, it's easy to kind of lose yourself in the marriage and start mm-hmm. thinking that you're not as good at, at things because maybe the other person tends to do it more than you. But when you have this history with God, that's why I think it's important to journal. Journal the things that God does for you, the things that God speaks to you, the adventures that you have with him, mm-hmm. the thoughts that he thinks towards you. And as you do that, you have a history with him that is being built in your everyday life so that when past relationships end or negative thoughts try to come or these vows are trying to be made in your heart, you have something to stand on that's outside of every other relationship in your life because even the good relationships are full of imperfect people. Mm -hmm. And everyone is going to let you down at some point because nobody is perfect and no one was created to fulfill your every need. And so that's why it's so important to just cling to that relationship with him and build that history that you can fall back on. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's a lot of pressure for somebody, whether it's a husband, a wife, a best friend, to think that they can fulfill your happiness, that they can be the one that, you know, gives you all of the reassurance you need, all the affirmation you need. Like you can't depend on that in anybody, not even a spouse, you know? And I think that's, that's something good to remember and something that I fell into definitely going into marriage. Like I knew it, but I still, you know, if I was feeling lonely, I would just go to Brian, you know, you (laughs) kind of start depending on them. And a similar thing happened with me. It wasn't an international trip, (laughs) but at some point in my life, Brian and I were dating, but we were like long distance still. So I didn't see him very often. And I was going through a really, really hard time in my life. And it shouldn't be like this, but a lot of times hard times is what brings us really close to God. Yeah. And that's what happened for me. And I realized a shift in myself because in high school, I really cared what people thought about me like big time. And then the closer I would get to God, the less I would care about what people thought about you know, what I looked like, what I said, like how my personality was. And, you know, I'm not perfect. Like I still care for sure. But it's true that like when you find satisfaction in your relationship with God and you realize how much he really does love you and you build that friendship, because I was in the word all the time. I was like really needing help. And so I was just reading the word all the time and really starting to feel like the presence of God in a way I hadn't before. And that like love for God and knowing his love for me kind of got rid of that like fear of man that the Bible talks about. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And another tip for breaking free from some of these past relationships is to get a vision for your life. And I know that might sound a little disjointed, but too often we're looking at our lives from this very limited perspective. I really like the analogy of a kid at Disney World, even though I never got to be a kid at Disney World, I didn't go till I was an adult, but 
it looks very magical. And when you see all these kids wanting to watch the parade that comes down Main Street, too often there's adults standing in the way. And you picture this little kid trying to see this parade standing behind these really tall adults. And so they might look through their legs and they might see the bottoms of the floats and they might see the decorations. They might see some of the dancers' feet in their costumes dragging down the street. They might see the confetti falling to the ground and wonder what it looks like up there. And their very limited perspective is only giving them a piece of the picture. And so often, that's what happens when we look at our lives through our broken relationships, through our fears, through our insecurities, through those thoughts that are haunting our minds about things that are dead and forgotten in our life, but the enemy's trying to to keep those lingering in your mind. It's causing you to come down to this lower level and see your life from this limited perspective. But what happens when the kid's father comes along picks them up, puts them on his shoulders, and now they can see above everyone. They can see the floats and the decorations. They can see the princesses and the princes. They can see the dancers and the confetti. And it all starts to make sense. It makes sense what was going on on the ground. And they can see it from start to finish. And that is what God is wanting to do with us. He is our father. And if you'll let him, he wants to take you and pick you up and put you on his shoulders so that you can have a higher perspective of what's going on in your life. It doesn't mean he's bringing those bad things in. He doesn't want death and decay in your life. He's not Mm -hmm. the author of that. But as we've been talking about, there's a lot of imperfect people in the world, including us. And so things are going to happen. But if we allow the enemy to bring us down to a lower level, we'll never understand the bigger picture. But when we let God take us away from that, the fear, the insecurity, Mm -hmm. the anger, or the the bitterness that might be holding us down, and we let him put us on his shoulders, we'll get a much higher perspective of our life and a vision for our life. And then, like you said, when we cling close to God, those those difficulties and those those hurts and those fears, they don't really matter that much anymore when you yeah. can see the bigger picture. Yeah, it like changes the perception that you had of it. And when yeah. you were talking about like the parade of people, I love that analogy, yeah. by the way. I love it. It's like you think about the adults that are just standing at normal level. And it's like maybe we can think about people that might be at a hard place. And we kind of talked about this with dealing with difficult people mm. in one of the past episodes. But a lot of people, you know, if they don't have God or if they're not close to him in their life, like those are the people that are kind of seeing stuff and in normal perspective. And so when we're, you know, when we're with God and he's giving us a new vision, we're really have a, we're really able to kind of like remove ourselves from issues that have happened with people in the past and see above that, you know, and that's the beauty of it. Cause you mm-hmm. can really have a, even a better perspective than like the adults at the parade that are seeing yeah. things from like the normal view. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, um, like a spiritual view of things basically. Right. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that some of these tips can help you in dealing with some of those difficult and dead relationships in our lives. If you enjoyed this episode and you think it could help someone, then please share it with them. And we have a lot more episodes coming. So if you enjoyed, make sure to like and subscribe. Thank you so much. We'll see you next time.